You've heard of the Bible, but have you ever heard of men kissing? <laughs> you know, that seemed funnier in my head. <laughs> now saying it, I feel kind of silly. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Book Fix podcast, where we fix lives one book at a time. But today's a solo fix. My name is Chelly, and I am currently missing Yahira. She is one busy woman right now trying to do 1,000 things at once, and I love her so much and miss her because she currently is unable to film podcast episodes, which I completely understand. Sometimes life happens, but we decided to try this solo fix where one of us talks about books and, you know, just attempt to keep the content alive for our podcast. So I'm really excited what we're talking about today and I am going to kind of change the structure to fit um, something I'm comfortable with which is <laughs> kind of like a video essay. I recently read a book called Angels Before Man by Rafael Nicolás and I know it's super early on in the year. It's like May. We're not even halfway. I think this is going to be my book of the year. Oh my gosh. Let me just read you this Amazon summary because it has got me hooked. Angels Before Man is the queer retelling of the fall of Satan that every person with religious trauma needs to read. It's unsettling, it's intense, it's heavy. This book has a lot of trigger warnings, and I have a few that I want to mention too. We are going to be talking about a biblical retelling, and um, I want to try to remain as sensitive as possible when it comes to religion. I used to be very, very religious. I grew up very deep into church for like 12 years and kind of fell out of it. Um, I'm not as knowledgeable as I used to be, but I'll try to remain considerate when talking about this story. So just keep that in mind. If I make a joke that's kind of like offhanded, let me know. Let's keep the communication open, okay? <laughs> um, another thing, this book handles a lot of trauma, mental instability, and trigger warning, a lot of SA. Um, so be aware of that too, because I am going to be talking about it as I work through this story. I am going to mention a few spoilers. And if you want to just join us for the ride, you're listening to us during your car ride to work, you're listening to us while you're eating your maruchans. If you want to just listen, that's fine. But I do recommend that you read this book. It is on Kindle Unlimited. And it's also this author's first book. So I do heavily encourage that you read and support this author and give it a try. I mean, I, I've i always felt a certain way about retellings, but this one has wowed me beyond any, any before. So I am going to kind of approach this differently than what Yahira and I are used to. Because when I read this story, it kind of aligned with what I had been talking about at work. So before I even start talking about this book, I kind of I, I want to start off by reading the the Bible verse that this book started with, which was Ezekiel twenty eight seventeen. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you. I am so into that verse. Oh my gosh, I like got like whiplash when I read that because it's been so long since I have even thought about the story of Satan's fall. Oh gosh, it's it's just very intense. And I, I forgot how intense the Bible was. The fact that in the story, God is here to make a spectacle of someone who has wronged him. And this story actually does a very good job of following all of the aspects of what 
is considered a good tragedy. And I feel like this is one of the most well-written tragedies that I've read in a while. I'm actually going to talk about this book based off of Aristotle's six points of what makes a good tragedy, because I feel like that's the best way to talk about this book. The aspects of a good tragedy starts off with a solid plot. A solid plot just meaning that it has to have a solid beginning, middle, and end. There is not going to be anything like side stories, side plots happening. We are mainly just following the plot that is concerning the main character. So in our story, our main character is Lucifer. After he's born, he is immediately given infinite knowledge and also infinite beauty. So he's born into this world with all of this knowledge and beauty, and he doesn't know what to do with this. I mean, he has all of these people who are complimenting him, all of these people who are saying that he's everything, he's God's favorite, but he doesn't even know what type of angel he is. Because in this story, there are different types of angels. You are born and you basically do a job that you're good at and that's what you are known for. So there is a character who is the angel of friendship because he's good at making friends, the angel of farming because they're good at farming. You know, they they have different types of angels. And Lucifer's over here like, okay, well, what the fuck do I do? Like, I'm pretty and I know a lot of stuff and I'm God's favorites, but I don't have anything that I'm particularly super interested in doing or super good at. So what do I do? When we get more to the middle of the story, we start to see that Lucifer is kind of vain in a way. And it's weird because um, now reading it as like a person from today, it's it's hard to be considerate vain when it's more so loving yourself and appreciating yourself. But we see Lucifer like in one of the first moments of the story kind of like look at someone and like wait that person's kind of hot and I just kind of want to know their name because they're fucking stunning and here's Lucifer's friends like dude you're looking in a mirror and that's just like one of the first points of him being like into his appearance but he he's kind of growing confident and he for the first time sees an angel that he gets super super into he wants to be their friend and it's the angel michael and michael feels the same way michael wants to get to know lucifer too and they don't really get into like a friendship until michael for the first time sees lucifer sing and lucifer starts to be known as the angel of worship so he is singing songs about loving god and michael's like you know what you're cool i want to get to know you in which they start to form a a friendship that starts to get a little more romantic. But be aware that this is angels that don't have any sense of the word love. The only love they feel is the love for God. So this is weird to Lucifer too, because all he can think about is being around Michael. He wants to be with Michael all the time, all the time. But that's, you know, favoring someone over God. So this is where the issue starts to arise. What what does he do if he wants to be with Michael, but it's viewed as wrong? That is when we get to the ending of our story, where I'm not going to talk about it much, but Lu- Lucifer begins to question his closeness with Michael and um, ends up being called out by God and loses a lot of respect for him, in which Lucifer takes that as a moment to fuck shit up. 
which is what I'm going to leave it at. But that is an important part to a tragedy. We have a hero that has a concise and simple plot. There is no deus ex machina here, even though there is the powerful force of God. But it's kind of the entire conflict. The entire conflict is with God in this story. Um, I did want to mention, too, that in the aspects of tragedy, as said by Aristotle, there's something called anagoras, where a character has an epiphany too late. I feel like this word really does kind of encapsulate the type of person that Lucifer is because he did realize things way too late. And I think that's what makes this a good tragedy and what makes him a good tragic hero because of how much you're supposed to pity him and how much you feel so bad for everything that's going on. But at the same time, you know, you get a sense of relief, which leads us to our second aspect of tragedies uh, according to aristotle which is character our main character which is lucifer has a personal motivation that is directly linked to the aspects of our plot which is to find out who he truly is and to be with michael remember the plot deepens as we go on but i'm just going to try to keep it as vague as possible characters in these types of stories in tragedies have to be viewed as like renowned has a positive life everyone loves them but it isn't until they experience a change where their character goes from being good to being bad and the change that lucifer experiences in this story is so so heartbreaking and i feel like this character because of all of their flaws they became so relatable to the point where i i was feeling nervous like i was starting to feel unsettled because i knew how this story was going to end this is a retelling remember we know that satan becomes a fallen angel but at some point i was rooting for lucifer i wanted him to be able to be with michael i wanted him to be able to have someone and hopefully break the mold but of course that isn't what ends up happening he experiences a downfall which is shown in his mental instability and i do want to say that this author in their where they were writing the trigger warnings they did mention that in their two-part story because there were parts part one was paradise and part two was eternity he did say that you did not have to read part two so if you had just read part one it's a story about love and lucifer ends up with michael and everything's a happy end but when you read part two you get slapped in the face with reality because oh my god lucifer is fucking losing it and it's so sad to see because he was someone that was so valued and so recognized in this society of angels that when we see him trigger warning blood gore um when we see him at one point just being so confused i i can't even think of the right word of why he's so special and what inside him makes him so special there's a point where he opens himself up to see what's inside of him to see what makes him him to see the eyes inside of him like how flowers have eyes in the middle it's so horrifying that he's gotten to that point when we think of the lucifer at the beginning of the story that valued his friendships that valued worshiping god he has lost it and it's it's because Everything that he's ever known, everything that he's ever done 
has always been for God. But for some reason, when he shows care for Michael, when he shows that he values his friend a little too much, God punishes him. And because of this, we start to see everything go to shit. And it's really interesting to see too, because in in the Bible, Satan, Lucifer, is the creation of all evil. And we get to see this in the story because there are concepts that these characters, these angels don't understand because all they have known is purity to the point where they don't even know what the word purity means. So we get to see inside Lucifer's mind in these stories and we get to see him just fucking go off. He There's a point where this guy one of the angels was watching him bathe and was like, oh, I'll help you, Lucifer. I'll do whatever you want. You want me to wash your back? I'll wash your back. And it's so funny because Lucifer just looks at him and he's like, you know what? He's not being intelligent. I know that word, but I'm going to make another word. Fucking moron, idiotic, bitch ass. Like, you know, he he goes off on him and it's like, oh my God, can you imagine just being in a world where those words don't exist and you hear someone saying that? It's fucking wild that we get to see him fall so far. And it really sucks too, because a lot of his instability comes from his infatuation with Michael. And it's sad because Michael does love him, but Lucifer's love starts to become a little problematic. There are moments where him and Michael are together and he he just wants to go down on his knees and just love Michael. There's a quote that I want to read where after him and Michael kiss, he starts to think to himself, in vain, I love you. In vain, I want to be yours. Your angel, angel of love, angel of Michael, which is a big thing because he's basically renouncing being an angel of God. He would rather be at Michael's feet than you know God's and that was a big change for him to to renounce God so quickly because of a, a, a cute wholesome moment he had with Michael and when it comes back to what makes a tragedy what makes a good tragedy we're supposed to feel pity for this character we're supposed to pity their situation because they have been renowned they have been loved and have lived a very positive life that we want to root for lucifer and want him to end up with michael and i think this author did a really good job on wanting me to root for him although i know how this story ends but another thing that has to do with tragedies is that not only do you have to pity the main character you also have to fear them and with this mental instability we start to see in lucifer you do start to kind of feel afraid for his friends because he's so unstable. You don't really know what he's going to do next. And I felt bad because there were even moments where when he was with Michael, I was scared that he was going to essay Michael. And I really, really did not want that to happen. But it felt like it was going towards that at some points. With a tragedy too, one thing that really puts a cherry on top is the fact that there's dramatic irony, which is us as the audience knowing something that the character does not. So just at this point, at the peak of his instability, just knowing that he is eventually going to lose this battle against God and most likely lose Michael, it's just so so devastating. So another thing that makes a good tragedy is thought, which is the third thing in Aristotle's aspects of a tragedy. 
which is just how the story references the theme of the book, which I think this is kind of a tough one because themes, there can be several themes to a story, but I really feel like this story was pushing the narrative of you should love yourself, which is such a fucked up thing to say because there's so much shit that goes on that it kind of feels weird that it kind of boils down to that. But you have to realize that there's there's a lot of religious trauma. We all grew up we all grew up differently, but I think there are several people who grew up in a religion because their parents or their family members grew up in it and you're kind of just placed in it. And although that's not a sentiment that everyone feels, it can cause a feeling of not feeling like you belong because if for some reason you have different views from your religion all of a sudden you're shunned you are put down and the fact that we have lucifer here who is going against god like actually going against him and not just in the sense that we do in our lives when people become agnostic or atheist he is physically going against this being and has to put himself before religion So pushing this theme of think about yourself, care about yourself, love yourself, it's so beautifully presented, but in such a sad way. Our fourth aspect of a tragedy is the diction, which is the word choice in this story. And I can talk about the word choice forever, but just to keep it short and sweet, in part one, where Lucifer is more stable in his way of thinking, we have such poetic writing. It is so beautiful. I loved the writing at the beginning. But then when we get to part two of the story and we start to see Lucifer fall apart, we see it in the writing too. It feels like two different authors wrote this story because we get to see kind of erratic writing where Lucifer is repeating himself multiple times where he's saying something to someone, but his mind is saying something different. And I start to feel panicked when I'm reading this because it's so hard to tell what he's saying and what he's not saying there's just so many thoughts going in his mind where i'm feeling confused and scared with him so when he started to feel his anger towards god it it's supposed to scare you it's supposed to unsettle you because of how sure he is that he has renounced god another point of the aspects of tragedy according to aristotle is music song uh, an old one and two (laughs) I do want to say that when Aristotle wrote this, he was specifically talking about plays. But music is a really big aspect of this story. Because remember, Lucifer is the angel of worship. And he does sing, sing little ditties about his boy God. But I think it's just very... (laughs) it starts to get unsettling because he says so many beautiful things about God to the point where it's like, yeah, you love him so much. And Lucifer says this too. We love him a lot, but do we love him because of who he is or because he told us that we love him? So I just like that little aspect where we got to see him sing about God and just like how his views on worship changed. And the last, the last aspect of tragedy And my favorite because of a repeating word in that verse that we read from the Bible at the beginning is spectacle. The spectacle is the last part of a tragedy and it's not really meant to be like the part that you're looking forward to the most, but it's, it's meant to be the part that 
was being built up to. And when we get to that point, we are supposed to feel something called catharsis, which is kind of like a sense of relief. So if you think about it in the way of like talking to a friend, it can be a scary thing to bring up uh, feelings that you're having. But after we have the talk with our friend, we get a sense of relief. We get a cathartic feeling. So with this story, remember, it's the biblical retelling of Satan's fall to earth and how he was denounced by God. And when we get to the point where Satan falls, it sucks because so many characters died. I don't want to say who, but just left and right, everyone was going. And we felt bad for seeing Satan seeing Lucifer go through so much and he it was L after L man it just kept on going so to finally see him experience his fall and take it in a very human way where he's like you know what I'm down here took the L laid down for a couple of days I need to rebuild seeing that felt cathartic because we were so scared to get up to this point. You were supposed to fall in love with Lucifer in this story that when it got to that point and you got to see him get back up, there was a sense of relief because um, he moved on and it was very human of him to do. And the fact that this tragedy ends with a tragic hero losing everything but moving on, I think that's what makes it beautiful. I do really recommend this book to anyone who wants to read a queer retelling and also just anyone who values um, writing when it comes to word choice. I think this author did an amazing job presenting mental instability in writing and also just presenting their thoughts on religious trauma. I thought it was handled very, very professionally and just so fucking in love with it. I think overall, I would give this book a five out of five. Um, I, I cannot see anything wrong with it. And I, I love it so much. Uh, I, I want to read. I want to read a verse. You know, she's feeling a little religious. I want to read a verse. Um, I did read Ezekiel 28, 17 at the beginning of this episode, but I do want to read Ezekiel 28, 15, a verse that comes before that, um, that says, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. And I think it's crazy because when we think of the actual story of Satan's fall, we see that he is wicked. Like we, he, he was viewed as wicked because he just completely went against God for no reason. The only reason being jealousy and uh, presenting himself with all of the deadly sins. But after hearing that scripture, the wickedness that was in him and seeing it in a queer retelling in a place where Lucifer, all he wanted was to be able to love and be happy. It changes the view on things. It changes the way that we are viewing someone who is flawed because it kind of takes the flaw in Satan and makes it relatable to us. Showing us that although we are not perfect beings, we are still allowed to love ourselves and to fight for what we want. Which is crazy because I'm siding with Lucifer right now. And, you know, I'm not religious as much as I was before. But damn, 
not something that I thought I would be saying in in my 27 years of life, <laughs> but that is all I had to say for my solo fix. If you actually joined me and stayed with me this whole time, thank you so much. If you're listening to me on audio form, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or anywhere you get your podcasts on, thank you so much. If you can leave a rating of five stars and a review of how you felt about how I did, I, I do really want to know. I, I put a lot of effort into... <laughs> this story i even made like a little notes about this so if anyone wanted to see my notes maybe i can post it somewhere but thank you so much for joining if you could also tell your friends and family about us it's usually not a one-person show i have my best friend yahira with me too but it would be really nice because the best type of exposure is through word of mouth if you are watching us on youtube thank you so much if you can like comment subscribe and hit that notification bell although our schedule's kind of messed up right now. We usually post on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we also made a Patreon. It's very fresh, very new, but if you have a little bit of extra money and would like to support us and help us build a community of readers for the Book Fix podcast, please go ahead and join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash bookfix. B-O-O-K-F-I-X. If you want to support us on social media, we do have an Instagram account at the Book Fix Pod, T H E B O O K F I X P O D, and an active TikTok at the Book Fix, T H E B O O K F I X. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for sticking through this one. And we will see you later. <laughs> Bye. How do I stop an episode by myself? <laughs> I'm like this is usually the part where Yahira and I like talk like oh my god you hear the tea <laughs> I don't know we're really good at bouncing off of each other I feel like I didn't even make jokes in this one I straight up gave my fucking dissertation TED talk or whatever <laughs> I really do feel very appreciative to anyone who sat through this whole shit I love this book someone go fucking read this so I could talk about it with someone <laughs>